This is a time of the year where families get together and when people say, well, it's a time for giving. For forgiven and forgiven. It is a time of the year where people give, where people give love, people care more for, for others. And I, 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 I watched the story, I didn't read, I watched the story of a lady, and I don't know if this happened this year, but it happened around the holiday season. This lady was feeling like, well, it's the time to give, it's the time to help others. And she went to the grocery store and she wanted to buy a single item, which she did. And she was in line to pay for her item. And she saw another lady with an item in her hand. And she said, well, my, my friend here has only, this person here has only one item to, to buy. Maybe I'll go ahead and offer to pay for, for this item for her. And she turned to the lady and said, you know, it's the holiday season. We should be giving more. And I want to pay for your item today. And the lady said, well, that's great. And so she did. And she paid and she walked out of the store all happy because she had done good to someone. And as she's walking out and she's going toward her vehicle, look at this. Lo and behold, she's surprised that there is a man washing, cleaning her windshield. And she says, whoa, what a blessing. Uh, I gave and now I'm receiving already. Someone is blessing me by washing my windshield. And she comes, she goes up to the man and she hugs the man. And she says, thank you so much for doing this for me. It's really appreciated. Wow, it's the holiday season. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And the man was kind of uh, shocked, kind of surprised. I believe he didn't expect that. And he found it a little weird, but, but he maintained his school. And the lady was all joyous about that. Up to the point when she recognized that that was not her vehicle, was his vehicle. She had a vehicle that was exactly the same as the man, but was across the aisle in another parking stall. She didn't have much to do. She just dashed into her vehicle and sat there and uh, tried to recompose herself. But it's a season where people give. And uh, I'm reminded of God's greatest gift, the greatest gift of all. And we don't know exactly when this gift of the birth of Jesus happened. Most likely it did not happen on December 25th. But it did happen. And we can be sure, we can be assured that this was of all the gifts that any human being or any person might ever give to, to someone else. This is the greatest gift of all. But the incarnation of Christ, the fact that Jesus became man, is... A mystery. It still remains a mystery today. We'll never be able to exactly describe how this happened. We'll never be able to describe how Jesus became man and yet remained God. We know that Jesus had life in himself. And this even before he was born of Mary. Because the Bible says in him was what? Life in John 1.4. In him was life. So Jesus had life in himself from the days of eternity. And so the angel comes to Mary and the angel says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Luke 1.35 
we need not speculate about what happened. It is not necessary for us to know exactly how the incarnation happened and when exactly humanity blended with divinity. There is no need for us to speculate about that. It is simply not necessary and it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the fact that the, world, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But the Bible describes it in a way that we are confronted to, with the fact that Mary was carrying in her womb the word. In the beginning was the word. And this world, word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Mary had in her womb the Word, the one who is and was and is to come. But if you think about it, Mary's pregnancy was not much different from any other. It was actually pretty much like any other pregnancy. God did not suspend the laws of reproduction when Mary became pregnant. It was just like any other pregnancy except for one thing. That there was no seed of a man. It was the seed of God's word. It was the Holy Spirit who gave Mary the seed. And when you think about it, she still had to go through the nine months or whatever the period was. And uh, all the laws of rep reproduction still applied. But this was unique and different because this was the seed of God, the seed of God's word. And what a miracle when we think about it. What a wonderful, what an inexplicable miracle. But I want to tell you that today, even today, even now when the word of God is planted in you, when the word of God is placed in your heart, miracles will happen likewise. You will look around and you will be utterly amazed. For God will do a work in your days which you would not even believe if it were told you. That's why last week I insisted with you that you spend time in the Bible first thing in the morning. Before you set your eyes on anything else. Spend time reading a couple Bible texts. Maybe reading a paragraph. Maybe reading one text. Because as the word of God is placed inside of you. Miracles will happen. But you cannot expect a plant to, uh, to blossom, to germinate and grow if no seed is planted. And so we, we must allow God's word to be planted in our hearts. We need to, to uh, saturate our minds with the word of God. That the seed of God will, will germinate in our hearts and our lives and miracles will happen. And I want to tell you that not only I said this last week, but I have been praying for you. I have been praying for those who have decided to try it out, that you may really experience something different. You may experience something really rewarding as you go through this process. And I'm hoping that one day even someone will be willing to testify, maybe when we have communion here, of how God has uh, worked this with you as you have spent time in the Word of God. The seed of God's word in our heart will produce miracles, will produce miraculous results. Are you in any need? Are, are you struggling with something? Allow God to place his word in your heart. Read it, study it, 
and these miracles will happen. Now, miracles happen. I want to, uh, uh, to uh, emphasize this. Miracles happen, and we can see miracles happen throughout the entire Bible account. And the birth of Jesus himself was a special miracle. But miracles can happen in a, in a second, in an instant. But miracles can also happen over time. Maybe sometimes you have been praying for something and you bring that to the Lord and you ask, Lord, help me. Only you, Lord, can do this. And you pray and you pray and you pray and you do not see the miracle happen. And sometimes you find yourself at the point where you're questioning whether or not God is first, is first of all listening to you. And second, if he's even interested in helping you out. But I can guarantee you from the account of scripture. And I can guarantee you from experience that God does listen. That God does answer. That God still operates miracles today. A story is told of, a, of a, an eastern king. And I believe this is just a legend. I'm sure this is just a legend. It's not a true story. But rather than say it's a legend, let's say it's a parable. It is a parable of a king in an eastern kingdom. One of his counselors came up to him one day. And this counselor was a believer. And he was talking to the king about how God works miracles in our lives. And he was trying to encourage the king to be to become a believer as well. And the king said, no, away with that. I don't believe that. Well, if you can at least provide me with one miracle. If you are able to ask your God to operate a miracle that I can see. Then maybe I will become a Christian. Well, the counselor said, okay, uh, I have here four acorns. And I want you to plant these four acorns here. Around the place where you are. And then I'll ask you. After you have done that, that. I'll ask you to look down to this small pond. Look at your own reflection. And spend one second there. Spend a few seconds there. And then I'll call you. And so the king did. He dig. And he planted those four acorns. And he looked down at the pond. And at some point the counselor said. You can look up now. You can stand up now. And so the king did. And when the king stood up, he looked around and he saw four fully grown oak trees around him. And he said, wow, that is really a miracle. You were able to make it happen. Your God was able to make it happen. And so the counselor turns to the king and says, how long do you think you're looking down at the water? And the king says, I don't know, maybe two, three, five seconds. And the counselor said, no, sir, no, majesty, you were looking down for 80 years. And sure enough, the king looks back at his reflection and he sees that he's an old man now. He looks at his clothes and they are all a threadbare. And then he turns to the counselor and says, then there is no miracle. It was just the passing of time. But the man said, well, it's still God's work. Whether it happens in one second or in 80 years, it's still God's work. And so I want to encourage you today that Mary was one day minding her own business and the angel came and said, this is what's going to happen. And she turned to the angel and said, this is impossible because I'm a virgin. But a miracle happened. 
That one was instant. But God is still operating miracles today. And whether they take just one second or they take a lifetime, it's still God's work. It's still God's miracle. So believe because the Lord still operates miracles. But the truth is Jesus was born as a baby and he became a boy and he grew up to be a man. But the day Jesus was born, there was no fanfare. There was no one playing the trumpet. No one playing the musette. No one playing the oboe. No one jingled the bells. Not many seemed to be aware of it. Joseph and Mary could not find appropriate lodging for them. But while many a common person, while many of the powerful, the affluent, and the influential people of the time seemed to be unaware of this event, Heaven was fully, fully involved in it. The angels, a multitude of them, they were just waiting with their voices warmed up, ready to break forth in praise for the birth of Jesus, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God, because Jesus' birth materialized the possibility of reconciliation between man and God. Twice in the proclamation of Jesus' birth, he was introduced as the one who came to save. The one who was coming to save. The angel said first to Joseph, when Joseph was considering leaving Mary behind and and going away uh, quietly, The angel tells him, no, you go ahead and you marry this woman because you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is described here as the Savior. And then when Jesus was born, the angels, the the, the angel makes a proclamation to the shepherds. And the angel says, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus came to be the Savior. Jesus came to save people from their sins. And so that's the second thing I want to highlight to you today. The first is that Jesus... Jesus' birth was a miracle. And God is still in the business of operating miracles today. The second thing I want to to tell you, I want to take home today, is that Jesus came to be the Savior. That was the foremost mission He had in mind. He came to save people from their sins. And as Jesus grew and gained awareness of things, He understood that this was to be His foremost mission. To be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But in reality we thank Jesus not only that He came. But we thank Jesus why He came. Families get together around this time of the year. And there are many families where family members might be at odds with one another. But there is reconciliation that takes place around this time of the year. This is a time of joy, a time of laughter, a time to reminisce about childhood tales. It is a time where most families will leave out of the house the disappointments of the past, the sad events of life, to enjoy the company of each other, to wish only the best to one another. 
But I want to say something to you today. And I want you to understand that there is, that there was, and there is no salvation in Jesus' birth. Jesus' life, as perfect as it was, His sinless life may have given us a good and perfect example of how to live. But His life in and of itself, even though it was a good example, it still had no redemptive force. His perfect life, flawless as it was, could not have rescued men from the slavery of sin. His parables, his teachings, the greatest gems of truth and wisdom ever revealed to man could not save us from our sins. He was born to die. And it was his blood shed on the cross that brought the possibility of salvation. Because God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Anyone who believes in Jesus and who takes possession of the benefits of his blood that was shed on the cross will be saved. Jesus' life is a great example for us. Is, is the one sublime, perfect example that we can follow. But it was his blood on the cross that provided salvation for you and I. There is one thing that is common to all human beings. And it is death. Jesus was born to die. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. And as it is appointed for men to die once. But after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once. To bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time. Apart from sin now. For salvation. As it is appointed man to die. It was also appointed for Jesus to die. Not because of his sins. But because of our sins. That was the beauty of the birth of Jesus. Because he was born to die. He was born to fulfill a mission of redemption and salvation of the human being. And so that Jesus came to die, it's clear from the biblical account. But before he died, he lived. And while he lived, he was thoroughly engaged in public ministry. And so Jesus' birth was miraculous and God is still in the business of operating miracles today. Jesus was born to die. Jesus is the Savior. Is the Savior who was born some 2,000 years ago to bring redemption to every human being. But also, I want you to think that Jesus' life was a life of service. Was a life of giving and forgiving. The Bible says in Mark 10.45 that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, to serve and to give His life a ransom. For many. To serve and to give his life. To serve others and to give his life as ransom for many. The gospels are filled with narratives of how Jesus served. And how Jesus gave. He multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish to feed 
a multitude of people. He healed lepers. He healed disabled persons. He healed any sort of illnesses. He delivered people from Satan's bondage. He healed the brokenhearted and set captives free. He brought people back to life. He brought the hope of everlasting life. And eventually, though crushing underneath the weight of my sin and your sin, He still went all the way through to the cross and gave His life as a ransom for my life and for your life. Oh, it was my sin that crucified Jesus. And it was His love that made Him go all the way through. Back in 2012 and 2013, at a time when I, when I was still with It Is Written Canada, <clears throat> I remember receiving letters from a gentleman. These letters were written from, from the corner of a cell in the Warkworth Institution. And this man would write letters saying that he... He had, all, every week, he had the opportunity of watching It Is Written Canada on TV, right there in prison. And that the messages that he, he watched and he received while watching the program, those messages were, were effecting changes in his life, in his character, in his mind. And he was excited with the hope that he was learning to, to believe he could have, of being a changed man, a transformed person. He believed that what he was watching there, the messages that it is written were, was preaching, he believed those messages. He believed that Jesus could effectively make changes in his life. And in his letters he would say, I'm looking forward to the day of my release. I'll be released sometime early in 2014. I'm looking forward to that day. But before that, I'm looking forward to being baptized. I have made a commitment. I have given Jesus my life. And I want to be baptized. Well, not too long after that, I received a call from Pastor Robert Putt, who was the pastor of this church before I came. And Pastor Putt said, well, there is a man at the Workworth Institution who has been watching it as written and has given his life to Jesus. He wants to be baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I wonder if someone from It Is Written could come and represent the ministry on this date. And so I was blessed, I was privileged to be the person who would be going there representing It Is Written. This baptism took place on June the 30th, 2013. It was a Sunday. <clears throat> I went there. A couple years after that, a few years after that, actually, I was invited, I was uh, asked if I would consider going into the Warkworth Institution on a regular basis to offer Bible studies. Brother Glendon Robinson had been done that work for many years, and he still does that. And they needed someone else, they needed more people to help. And so every Tuesday, the Seventh-day Adventist Church has a time with the inmates of the Warkworth Institution. Where we sit there with them, it's just you, your Bible, and their questions. And you sit with them, and you pray, and you open the Bible, and you study the Bible with them. And you ask the Lord that the Lord will remind you of the Bible verses that would be useful to answer those questions. But the Lord never fails. He's faithful. 
And it's been one of the greatest blessings of my ministry to be able to go in there every second Tuesday of the month. This past Tuesday was the second Tuesday of the month, and I was there. And I was sharing with uh, those men who were sitting with me around the table, studying the Bible, sharing with them about this one baptism back in June the 30th, 2013. And we were studying this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, uh, that experience where Paul and Silas were in prison. And the Bible says that at midnight they were singing hymns, praising the Lord and singing hymns. And all of a sudden there was a, an earthquake. And the foundations and the walls of the prison all shook. And the cell doors were opened. And all the shackles were released, were broken. And I was telling those men, you know, six years and a half ago I was here on that June the 30th. And I don't know if it happened literally. But as those inmates were singing and praising and some of them were praying, playing the instruments. And they were singing as if they were singing for their life. I felt like the building was shaking. If that happened or not, that's how powerful it was to me. And after that occasion, I have repeated this testimony every time I have an opportunity. Because if we could sing like those men sang, those men whose freedom is restricted today, but they sing their souls out, they sing their hearts out, because that's the hope they have. There is no time to tearing anyone down. It's time to lift people up. It's time to do the work that Jesus would do were he here, were he here next to us. We got to pray for others more. We got to point them to Jesus more. We got to proclaim Jesus more as the one and only Savior of this world. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the source of life, the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who gives and forgives. He's the one who declares you righteous instantly. As one of his miracles, he looks at you and declares you righteous. And going forward, he changes you from within. He's the one who was born in Bethlehem to a young lady who said, Let it be to me according to your word, O Lord. He was born of a woman and placed under the care of an honorable earthly father. Yes, his name is Jesus Christ. I want to invite you to love more and to give more. To give more of yourself to others and to God's cause. To give more of your resources. To give more of your time. To give more of your knowledge. To give more of everything the Lord has helped you to be and to accomplish. Give back. Give more. Let us reflect the character of Jesus Christ himself. Because he came and he died and he was born to die and he died. He gave his life for you to save you from your sins that you might have hope. Oh, how much God values you. How much worth you have in God's eyes. There is no one just like you. God made you and he looks at you and he cares for you. 
as the apple in his eye. May you feel that love today. May you go out of this place willing to know him more and to live more like Jesus lived, to love more, to forgive more, and to give more. Because this is why Jesus came. God bless you.